on the hunt for cannabis that feels how you want to feel? Go to Leafly, the world's most trusted legal cannabis marketplace. Want to turn up at the club or chill out in a bathtub or enjoy some green anywhere in between? Search full menus at local dispensaries with millions of reviews to help you decide what to order and where. Search Leafly on your browser or in the App Store. Your guide to all things cannabis. Leafly, where green means go. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with the consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. B-Pod Studios To me, the whole thing with the finger under between the legs, antiquated, archaic Oh, it is I mean, the whole thing is freaking silly Felger and Mass, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5, the Sports Hub I I respect the answer, and I understand your answer But, you know, you as... You and Bill sit there, you look at your depth chart, you look at last year, you look at where we were weak, you try to make adjustments this year. I mean, I got to think that you guys feel pretty good about where this team is, you know, heading into, obviously, the on-field portion. Yeah, we, you know, I heard a lot of a lot of things about where we were last year as a team. Um, you know, we try and ignore the noise around here. I'm sure you guys have seen the sign. Uh, it's just... The team is still such a work in progress right now um, that that it is really difficult. You know, we've we've had some needs. We've tried to tried to address those needs. We've tried to 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 get better. But I mean, there's not a person who's answering these questions for any team around the league. That's that's not saying the same thing. Um, so I, I appreciate the question. It's just it's a little difficult to answer right now. Thanks, Matt. Four o'clock hour with Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. He put it to Matt Grill last week. Have you gotten better? Wouldn't answer the question. How do you feel about that, Greg? Uh, I don't think there's any question that they have not gotten better. And, and look, I most of the time when you talk to, and I'm not going to rip Macro. I'm glad he talked. I love his sound bites all weekend. He actually said things, so I am not going to complain. I'm not going to uh, vilify him for anything. I love his fast comments. He had conviction. You know, you want to get faster, go get fast guys. You want to get tougher, go get tough guys. And I do think those are two areas where the Patriots wanted to improve that I don't think they thought they were tough enough. Remember, there were some, some, we had some conversations about, is this team soft? And Gerard Mayo got his back up about, you know, I don't think they're, they're soft. Well, the director of player personnel is telling you that they weren't tough enough last year. And that, that is a fact, not opinion. Hmm. The Patriots were not tough enough. They also were not fast enough. So I give them credit for stating this is what we want to do, and they went out and they made their best effort. We'll see whether it works out or not. But in my mind, I don't see how you could say the Patriots are better than the team that declined down the stretch, got wiped off the field in the playoffs, compared to what the teams are doing in their own division, what teams are doing in the AFC. I think I did it when I was doing my draft column. I think most of the odds places have the Patriots as 12th in the AFC. 12th. 12th. No, that's it. Ahead of like the Texans, the Jaguars, no, no, and the only Jets. T- the Jets. Jets. The Jets, the, the last I looked, they were 12th out of 16. Jets, 
Texans, Jaguars, Pittsburgh, if you can believe it, was also behind it. But that's it. Those were the only four teams behind him. So I think that reflects – I mean, that's what I, I – when I look at him, Greg, I think they're – I can see tangible improvement in only one facet of their game, and that is the passing game. Yep. And uh, I still think they're, you know, going to be a pretty good gap between them and the elite passing teams. But between Mac Jones getting better in year two, which mm-hmm. he should, yep. and Devontae Parker being here, and those – you know, maybe even like a John U. Smith or Nelson Aguilar or whatever that add that all up. It should be better. I'm concerned. They have no coach there, mm-hmm. uh, but personnel wise, they should be better everywhere else. I don't know where they've gotten better. They've at least, you know, stayed the same or gotten worse. Right. Got, I uh, mean, uh, I could just take cornerback, for example. I mean, how can they, be, how can you say that they're better today than they were at the end of last season without JC Jackson and replacing him with Malcolm Butler, who didn't play last season. And, you know, I, I've heard people say it, and some of my colleagues in the media say, well, are you getting Malcolm Butler 2020 film on Malcolm Butler? Is that the Malcolm Butler you're getting? It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Malcolm Butler was a free agent last year before he retired, and he got a one-year, I think, maybe $6 million deal with the Cardinals. He was just about out of the league. He's, he's just about out of the league. So he had that, that off of that 2020 film. No one in the NFL wanted to sign Malcolm Butler. But we're supposed to say that guy's going to improve the Patriots? After, Not happening. After a year out. Yeah. After a year on the sidelines. I mean, take the money out of it. If you had to pick today, J.C. Jackson or Malcolm Butler. It's not even close. Of course it's not even close. But again, you know, fans, you know, fans can never think of it that way. They lost the left corner. They lost two guards. So I think the offensive line's worse. I think the secondary's worse. I think, you know, now look, I'll allow for the fact that they took a guard in the first round. They moved to Wenu over there. Like, could it improve? Sure. No, no, as we yes. stand here today. Right, but worse. I'm talking today. Yeah, let's They're also, worse. about a Wenu, here's a guy who played guard last season. And got benched for Ted Karras. Correct. Yeah, he was better at tackle. So now they're plugging him in. I do think he's going to be better. He's going to be, you know, sometimes that transition is not easy for everybody. He has a whole nother year. I assume he's going to be better. But we're also talking about a guy who lost his job to Ted Karras last year. Who they didn't want to pay. Right. All right, back to your phones with the big boy. <laughs> Laying that out nicely, I think. John in Connecticut. Hi, John. Hi, Mike. Hey, I wonder if Greg agrees with Mike that uh, the cap is no longer a concern in the NFL. And, you know, was it ever have things changed? Um, I'm just, I know Mike has a strong feeling about it. I just wonder what Greg thought. That this is true. My feelings are well established. Greg, yours. Okay. So here are my feelings on the salary cap. Um, it is somewhat real. I do think that the impact has dwindled. I do think, like a decade ago, you could say the cap was a real issue because teams didn't know how to deal with it. You were dealing with some labor unrest. The the cap was not increasing a ton every year that you could bank on. Now it's different because of the the new labor agreement and the new media deals. Every year from here on out, the cap is going to grow immensely. And you would think that the Patriots would be ahead on this because Robert's on all those committees, whether it's media or, you know, what have you. He's on the committee. He has the inside information. He knows what the cap looks like going out, what the income is, how much the player split going to be going out. But right now the Patriots are stuck in, you know, 2010 in terms of the salary cap or even, you know, earlier than that where they think it's just going to be incremental. I, I think this is where part of the reason why the Patriots are falling behind is because the Patriots used to get away with, all right, well, we're not going to pay you and you're not going to get it elsewhere and we're not going to get into a bidding war. That was fine when nobody else had any money either. 
Now everybody has money or at least creates it. Now the Patriots are losing all their contract negotiations, including they used to be able to get guys, a lot of them, before they came up for their contracts. That's not happening anymore. Guys get within a year, two years of free agency, and they say, you know what? I'm betting on myself because I'm going to get paid. And so I think the Patriots are having a tough time with that, and that's why they're behind on some of these decisions that they make. It's a real money thing, not a cap money thing. I don't need to keep going into it, but when you say it's somewhat real, so like real housewives of L.A.? No, in terms of it's like a reality well, you're going to have to pay the piper at some point. You will. If you kick too much money down the road too quickly, look at the Saints right now are the prime example of that. They are done. They are done moving contracts. They're they're up against it. All right, so there is there is a point in time when that happens, but it, if you are smart up until then, you could figure it out and maneuver the cap. But weren't the Saints in on Deshaun Watson or who? Are, the, the, are they were in on someone. The Saints went from like negative seventy million to plus thirty million without cutting one player. Yeah. Tell me again about the salary cap. They have yes, but so it will, it will in come. On Deshaun Watson, by the way, yes. What did they add this offseason? So when you say it's like real, I'd say it's like a reality show, which is it's scripted. Real, but not real. It's it's real like that L.A. Lakers drama now on HBO. It's real like... Ish. It's real like if you go... Traumatization. If you go to brunch on Easter, there's an Easter bunny, you know, bouncing around for the kids. So he's actually there. Yeah, there's an actual Easter bunny. Or you sit on Santa Claus's lap at the mall. So like that... <laughs> but that, it's not the Easter Yeah, bunny. I mean, you know what I mean? So like if it's real, somewhat real. I would say that that's an accurate depiction. John and Brockton, go ahead, John. Hey guys, uh, uh, Maz. Only reason I'm watching the Red Sox right now is because you're because wa- you're uh, doing the commentary. Outstanding. Um, but with Aguilar and the contract that we have, I completely agree that we're tossing money around too much. Um, I think that if we end up looking at the salary for Aguilar itself, which is 11 million dollars this year, that's a huge chunk of change that we could be putting into other things like. Dad said with the linebackers or even going for you could still do it john you could still do it if you wanted to spend the real money and we don't need to go too far down this if they wanted to spend the real money they could do whatever they want i mean yeah for crying out loud just restructure matthew judon and hunter henry who you know it's not like you have anybody in the pipeline it's not like devin asiasi and dalton keen they're going to threaten anybody's jobs at tight ends anytime soon they're not or you have any anywhere. edge guys they're right. not going anywhere restructure them push that money into the future and use it to augment this year's team the Patriots easily could have done that. Bill has permission to do that. They've done it in the past. He chose not to. Bill. Why? I have no idea. Thank you. Me neither. Me neither. Unless he doesn't have free reign to do it. And it's an ownership decision. We we spent last year, Bill. We're not doing it again this year. And that's what it almost always comes down to. The owner willing to spend the real money. And the, the rest of it's just kind of uh, a... a, 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 a a subversion it's a um it's a misdirection play to get you talking about and thinking about other things all these sports it comes down to whether the owner wants to spend it or not we'll do what 10 questions with bedard right after this do you believe in moral victories a good loss we'll get them next time no silver linings here on felgren mass then you are in the wrong place you have to accept that so we felgren mass on 98.5 the sports hub you want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg 
Bedard and Thelgren Mass on 98.5, the Sports Hub. All right, special off-season edition with Greg Bedard, post-draft from Boston Sports Journal. We do this during the regular season, so might as well do it now. Ten questions around the league, ten questions, ten minutes. We still have to stay on time, though. Jimmy Stewart, do we have buzzer options? There's not a lot of humans out there who are doing that. Bingo. <laughs> Is it the all-macro edition? <laughs> I love be. that line. <laughs> Matt Patricia did a great job of being on that early. Of course he did. Thank God we have Matt Patricia. Slavin. 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 Or Slavin. And if Don Sweeney is gone, excuse me. And I get a little choked up with that. <laughs> well, but so, uh, I've, I've had <laughs> that's my favorite. I've had duty in my throat this month for some reason. Next, you have to get in on it, don't you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> two-part harmony. <laughs> do you trust him to do it? No. no. Perfect. <laughs> the Felger Mass two-part harmony hit it. <laughs> do you trust him to do it? No. no. What was your absolute favorite pick made across the league, Greg? Number ten. My guy, the big boy. Jordan Davis to the Eagles at 13. Yes, give me the big boy in the middle. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. I, there were rumors about him potentially being there for Pittsburgh way back when. First round from Pitt to Pitt. That's a good story. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Another defensive player to the Eagles. N'Kobe Dean to the Eagles. I think it's ridiculous. He dropped to the third. He does everything you want out of the modern linebacker. Fast, can go sideline to sideline. He's going to be good for them. Number nine. You have to get in on it, don't you? Yes. What was your least favorite pick? <laughs> this is not about the player, okay? Say it. Tyquan Ty Thornton over <laughs> Travis Jones by the Patriots. I would have taken Travis Jones. Take the big fella, try to trade up, get another receiver. I'm taking the big moose in the middle. Cole Strange. <laughs> I hated it. I, I hated it. Guard in the first round. I can't tell you how much I hate that pick. Yeah, Cole Strange, and I'm sure the kid can play, but how does a guard help you make the Buffalo Bills punt? Next. There's not a lot of humans out there who are doing that. <laughs> Number eight, Maz jumped it a little bit, and I think when I did this out to, to – so Vinny on the simulcast has – was George Pickens to the Steelers in the first round the right pick for them? George Perkins Pickens, Pickens. is the receiver they took in the second. I confuse that with Kenny Pickett. So I meant to – so the it's not uh, – the simulcast fault, it's mine. How you doing there, Frogger? As usual. Was Kenny Pickett to the Steelers in the first round the right selection for them, Greg, or was it a reach just because they needed the QB? No, I like it. I mean, I, I think out of all these, the slop that is the quarterbacks in this draft, and by the way, Davis Mills should have stayed in school for another year. He would have been a top five pick wow. um, this year. Uh, Kenny Pickett was the right guy. He was the top guy. Kenny, two gloves, smart kid. <laughs> at least at least they're not making the Marino mistake again, passing on the in-city kid. Uh, at least they went with them. We'll see whether it works. Maz has stated his preference. Uh, stu- uh, I, I, I say no. This is the 2013 draft all over again when it comes to quarterbacks, and that's Stiff's getting drafted too high. Then you had, like, the likes of E.J. Manuel. This time it's Kenny Pickett. I don't think he'll ever be more than a backup. You ride it out with Mitch Trubisky. You bought him out. Get someone better next year. Next. And if Don Sweeney is gone, excuse me. Number seven. Grade the graders. What NFL draft analyst in the media does the best job and who does the worst? Of all these draft experts, who's the best, who's the worst? So I, I don't really look at the grades or anything like that. I'll just tell you, the guys that I read the most and respect the most are um, Bob McGinn, who was a longtime Milwaukee General Sentinel. He's now writing for Go Long, uh, another online outfit. Um, he he talks to all these scouts around the league, always has these capsules with, with their opinions. 
Uh, Daniel Jeremiah for NFL Network. I really enjoy. I think he's really good. He does his homework. And the guys at ourlads.com, their their draft guide that they put out, I think is really good every year. Who's the worst? Uh, probably probably Kuiper. I don't know. I think he tends to, to go with his own gut, whereas a lot of these other guys say, and, and this is my criticism of people who don't like uh, the, the opinion of some of these guys. Most of these guys, they, they generate their rankings from asking teams, what do you think of this guy? Where do you see him on your board? So it's not their own opinion. It's the opinion of the league that these guys have long-held sources. Uh, and so I think that Mel is the guy. I think he does a good job, but I think he goes on his gut more than, more than talks to league teams. Yeah, the best NFL draft analyst is the Felger Mass Big Board. Thank you. you. The there truth, you that's where I go. Yeah, best is the big board. Worst is Mel Kuyper. Not retired. I'm, Keep I'm, it going. I'm sick of his stupid hair. The, the worst is Kuyper. Even though I enjoy him, I'll pay attention to it. We'll play his sound. I don't mean to kill him, but I I think he's way off. Like, like consistently way off. But uh, that doesn't mean I, I dislike him. I just think, well, you know what I'm saying. I don't pay enough attention to those hammerheads. That's why we do the big board. Next. Do you trust him to do it? No. no. Where's the best fit for Baker Mayfield? Seahawks, and then if the Seahawks don't want him, and it looks like they don't, then I go to the Giants and wait for Daniel Jones to fail, and I step in and big market and everything. That's where I go if I'm Baker. So there are two that pop into my head. One is Tennessee. For some reason, I think that feels like a fit to me. I don't know what it is. You know, he's got some grit. I don't think Tannehill's very good. I think if you put him around some skilled players, he'd be all right. The other one I would say is Arizona. If they ever cut ties with Kyler Murray, I think Baker Mayfield's decent. And if you give him a coach and a wide-open offense and try to replicate a little bit what they had when he was in college, then I think he might be okay. I also thought about the Ravens because is Lamar Jackson ever going to stay healthy ever? You know, and so, you know, you step in there, you're a late-season, postseason hero for a good Ravens team, a talented Ravens team. He fits with the Ravens personality-wise. He also fits with the Patriots, who were looking to move up and draft him when he was coming out of the draft. Or McDaniels was. Well, yeah, but is Mac Jones the answer? Who knows? But bring him here. Push the kid a little bit. I like it. Next. Slavin. 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 Tool bag question. Who's been the biggest tool bag of the NFL offseason? 98.5, 98.5, the Sports Hub's own Mark the Beetle Bertrand <laughs> for his bitchy defense of the Patriots draft this week. Not just, you know, saying, oh, I agree with the pick, but attacking people who criticize the draft, like me, bringing up tweets from like 12 years ago, like being a child about it. Like, if you like it, then state the reason. Don't just be bitchy at the people who are providing actual criticism. Can I also say Baker Mayfield? <laughs> I thought you said, can I also oh, say no, Baker no, no. Yeah, I mean, can I say Baker Mayfield again? Like, dude, you haven't been mistreated. Okay? You, you haven't played great. It hasn't worked out. I know you were hurt. But you haven't been done some great injustice. They found a better option than you. So find a place to play and then get your career back. It's on nobody but you. Ron Rivera or whoever the hell is in the front office of the Washington Commanders for bringing in Carson Wentz like he's the answer a quarterback. He'll be good enough to keep them in no man's land. Nothing more. Well, you're right team, wrong guy, Snyder. I mean, oh, sexual harassment, racist team name, stealing from the fellow. I mean, what does the guy have to do? I mean, what 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 do you have to do to get kicked out of that league? That's the triple crown right there. <laughs> Next. Matt Patricia did a great job of being on that early. Okay, this is uh, for Murray. I'll start with Murray on this one. Okay. <laughs> News item. Jerry Jones reportedly was involved in a minor car crash in Dallas, but again reportedly did not sustain serious injuries. It is unclear if Jones was driving 
or if there were other people in the car. Hmm. Murray, your thoughts. Now, now here's all you need to know about my minor accident, and you can do with this information what you will. It took place on Harry Hines Boulevard. And what you need to know about Harry Hines Boulevard is this. This is where you go to draft free agent tight ends. But not the ones that will play for my Dallas Cowboys. I'm talking about the ones that I put in my personal cat wagon. And I'm serious about this. Just Google the words Harry Hines Boulevard, Dallas, and you wait and see what comes up. So Big Jim is not kidding, apparently. Oh, I have it right in front of me. You want me to read it? This mild car accident occurred on a street where there it, it is notorious in Dallas for streetwalkers. If yes. you've ever seen the documentary Pimps Up, Hose Down, it's kind of like one of those streets where you see the certain ladies of the night. They don't like me using the terminology here on the airwaves anymore, but you, you know what I'm talking about. It, it rhymes with the moors. <laughs> Harry Hines Boulevard, also known for being a street populated with prostitution, seedy adult establishments, a street drug culture, and drug motels. <laughs> wow, God, it's so perfect. Oh. Now, it, now, see, someone was in the passenger seat, and she reached over, she dropped her gum, that's all. Yeah, Lost uh, control of the car. The ESPN report, it's unclear if he was driving or if there were other people in the car, so what do you think's going on here? Yeah, no, what do you mean it was unclear? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's either someone there or there isn't. Oh, for Pete's sake. Next. You have to get in on it, don't you? Yes. Thoughts on Ryan Tannehill admitting he went to therapy, Greg, to help get over the Titans' playoff loss to the Bengals in the playoffs. Very, very positive about him, you know, seeking out help for his mental illness. But, um, you know, he should. He should. He should feel very badly about what happened in that game (laughs) because he blew that game. And he is the only reason that Chris Gasper is able to go on the airwaves all the time and talk about uh, what's his name? The the quarter Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase and how much he meant. If Ryan Tannehill didn't vomit all over himself in that game, the Bengals are one and done and a fart in a win, and no one cares. What a great answer! He should be depressed. <laughs> well, I would say keeping it to football again. I, that if if the issue was you know him costing his team the game, which in Pierceville were, I would hope he bought a complete coupon book to use going forward because I think he's going to blow some more. Yeah, I got no problem with it because he said he was in a dark place. If it can help him, great. What I do have a problem with is he said he wouldn't help mentor Malik Willis. Brady not mentoring Garoppolo or anyone else, that's understandable. He has seven rings. Who the hell's Ryan Tannehill? Help the kid out. Next. Do you trust him to do it? No. No. Do you have an interest, Greg, in seeing an NFL game in a foreign country? And if so, where would you like to see it? Okay, they're scheduled for London, Munich, Mexico City. You can pick another location. Do you care seeing a game overseas? Where would it want to be if you if yes? Uh, I, I'm lukewarm on it. I did I did enjoy going to London and seeing the Patriots there. I think it was Patriots Rams. Uh, I, I enjoyed that whole experience. If I were you, Patriots fans, I would get my passport in order for Mexico next year. They were you know maybe we can go on the road and uh, in. have senior big boy. I'm in. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, so, but I, I like it. I'm good with Mexico. I'm good. El Grande I'm Chapo. Ch- <laughs> there you go. Bring El Chapo. We'll be all right. <laughs> I, 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 I'm excited for Germany. You know, but so that's the one. Next one I want to see. No, I have no interest. Yeah, same. This is where I'm the ugly American. Keep American football in America. I have tremendous interest. I get off. I'll give you a little ten seconds here on being in a foreign place and sort of uh, attaching myself to a foreign sport uh, that I really don't know much about, but I would be into soccer. I know a little bit about love to go see an EPL game. Uh, I'd love to go watch freaking Irish curling in Dublin. I would love to go watch a rugby match in New Zealand and sort of get into it with the locals. 
uh, I would love to do you know anything like that. I do not want to watch American football in a foreign country. Well, exactly. So the answer is no. I barely want to watch American football in America. I mean, go to a game. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, mean even right. that to me is yeah. a little much. Never right. mind schlep across the pond to go watch a football game. And to have to tailgate with some of those people. Oh, Yank, you're ready to watch the Patriots, yeah? I go, all right. Hey, Falga, <laughs> yeah. how's that working yeah. out for you? Yeah, where's yeah. your big board, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I've had, I always have wanted to go to Dubai. <laughs> Next one. And if Don Sweeney is gone, excuse me. Excuse me, I am choking all over that. Over under for Patriots wins right now is eight and a half. And this is eight and a half, not in a 16-game schedule. So this is like having an over-under of seven and a half. But over-under for wins right now, eight and a half. Greg, over or under? Oof, that's a really good number. That's I'm, go- I'm, going, I'm going under. I say the, the, the favorite right now is to go eight, nine. Over, but just barely. Nine and eight. Yeah, over just barely. Nine and eight. You two disappoint me. That's an under. That is an under. Stuart? Way under. Oh. Like, they might not win four games this year. Oh, I'm not down there, but oh. they're under eight and a half. Got to be a grizzly. Back to your phones <laughs> after Murray's update. Well, but it's still, uh, excuse me. At the end of the day, it's still all about sports. We don't take it seriously. And whatever's on Jim Murray's mind. Get over the persecution complex, you children. Felger and Mass. 98.5, the sports hub. Swing and a miss, and he gets him again. That time a slider. The story strikes out for the third time. Well, Jackie will get a head start. Two down and a full count on story. Just looking to make contact, and this is back. And he strikes him out again. Foul tip to the mid. Struck him out for the fourth time today. One man left. O'Brien doesn't mention it there, but Trevor Story hearing the booze on the way off the field after his fourth strikeout. Red Sox shut out tonight, today. 8 nothing. Maz, your thoughts? I mean, look, you know, what, what, what more can you say about the way they're playing and about Trevor Story? So let's start with the big picture. They had a chance to win the second game of the series. That's time being positioned for a sweep today. They're up 4-3 to three in the ninth. They blow it. Then the game blows open in the tenth. They give up a couple of home runs. They lose. Today... Rich Hill's on the mound going inning for inning against Otani. They pull him out of the game after, I don't even remember, 75 pitches, 70 pitches, whatever it was, after five scoreless. I thought Rich Hill today looked the best he's looked all year. They pulled him. They go to Houck. He gives up a home run. Then he starts to unravel. They lose the game 8 to nothing. So there were so many holes on this team. I don't know how you could possibly fill them all. So Murray said this the other day just quickly against my last big picture thought. He said, they kind of suck. And I think he's right. I, I I don't have a lot of faith right now that it's going to turn. There's six games under 500. Yep. Eight and a half, nine games out of first. Eight yep. and a half Eight behind the Yankees. And the Orioles could pass them in the next day or two. Okay, so just keep that all. You know, again, there's a difference between being a World Series contender and playing way below your capability. And this team right now is the second thing. Okay, so uh, they should be a playoff contender. They're not. Why the, you know, and there are a lot of holes on this roster. Now, Trevor Story, how many times do I have to keep saying it? He can't cover the outside part of the plate. He can't cover it. His approach at in the batter's box is to try to pull everything. And against a guy like Otani, 
who uh, had his good stuff today and has a good slider, Trevor Story is going to flail away all day long. He went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. This season now against right-handed pitching, after hitting 234 against righties last year, that is home and road, Colorado and everywhere else. He's batting now 197 against right-handed pitching with 13 hits and 23 strikeouts. He is twice as more likely to strike out against a right-handed pitcher as he is to get a hit. This is a problem. This is a problem. They just signed this guy to a six-year, $140 million contract, and forget replacing Bogarts and shortstop. I'm not sure he can play second base. As someone, sorry to cut you off, Mike, as someone tweeted to me, this feels like Carl Crawford all over again. Yep. Like, bad fit. Bad, bad fit. And Go ahead. No, finish. Well, we touched on this the other day. Does he really want to be here? Was this his objective? Because all the reports in the early part of free agency were that he wanted to go to Texas. His agents made a counter to Texas. Texas thought it was too high, and they went out and signed Cal Seager and Marcus Semyon and redid the middle of their infield. Then months later, Trevor Story signs with Boston. Seattle offered him a similar contract to the Red Sox, but he didn't want to play second base, so he waited. He came here and had to play second base for a year, if you remember what he said when he signed. Now he's here. So, again, how is a guy that everybody deems an all-star, how is he available in the middle of March? And the reason is that I don't think that this was anywhere near the top of his list. All right, quickly. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Greg. I was just going to say on story, you know, because they're, you know, he fired his agent recently. So I don't know. And this also cross sports in the NFL. I deal with agents and players a lot. So he signs this big deal with the Red Sox, with this agent. He's going to have to pay this agent out. Right. Continue. So he fires him about a month, two months after he signs this contract, what have you. That just reeks of he's unhappy he, that they made this decision. He thinks the agent blew it in yep. Texas. Yep. And he's miserable here. And he's yep. holding the agent accountable. What did you do? How did I end up here? You're fired. And I'll even pay you off, but get out of my face. That's what it reeks of. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Quickly, how they manage the pitching on both sides. Today. Okay, so today you have, again, you have a pitcher's duel going into the sixth inning. Rich Hill is matched Shohei Otani all the way zero for zero. And look, Rich Hill's thrown 88 miles an hour, although he hit 90 today on a fastball, and I thought he was really spotting his fastball really well on the parts that I saw. The Red Sox pull him. Matt, they, 68 pitches, one hit, six strikeouts, one walk. It's the best he's looked pitches. all year. It was the best he's looked all year. He was, he was good today. And I have my doubts about Hill because of the age and the stuff. Something, but whatever, he was good today. They pulled him. The Angels left in Otani in a scoreless game. Otani stayed in. Anaheim won eight to nothing. You can take your analytics and shove them. And didn't Otani just have some groin issue too? Why is Otani able to go through the lineup a third time and Rich Hill is not? And again, you want, you want to tell me that overall, over the course of a year. Rich Hill is more likely to get hit on the third time of the, through the lineup than Shohei Otani is. Fine. Today, I'd have taken my chances. So I, I just, again, this is, this is the way they're doing it now. Most people are. They pulled Otani out of that game once they opened the game up. And he was dominant. But can you just, can we, do you have the, do you have the nasty boys of the Cincinnati Reds out in that bullpen? Is that what you got? The Reds of the ni- of 1990, where you got three closers out there that are going to seal the game up for you in the final six innings? The Red Sox have to alter their philosophy on this. Their better pitchers right now are in their rotation, including Garrett Whitlock. 
You got to ride him a little longer because you don't have the horses out there in that pen. Okay, there's a Red Sox reaction to their loss this afternoon. Mix it in. We'll say goodbye to the big boy coming up next. We have over an hour to go, so we'll take all your phones on all of our Patriots stuff with Greg, the Red Sox, which just concluded, and all the Bruins stuff that we started off the day with. We'll begin that in our long commercial-free segment next. This is the place Boston sports fans come to get some positive vibes for their teams. Anything but. It's time to panic. Well, maybe not. Now, back to reality with Felger and Maz. Six, you know, almost 6'5", 300 pounds, and runs, you know, sub five seconds in the 40. There's not a lot of humans out there who are doing that. Um, you know, bench 225, 31 times. This is a really big, strong, tough, athletic guy. If you value toughness, which we do, you know, you, you value guys like Cole Strange. Wrapping up with Bedard five days later, whatever it is, week later, you still don't like the Cole Strange pick? No, I just, I'm not, I love offensive linemen. Love them, especially the interior guys. But I'm not taking one in the first round. Nope, not where this team is right now. If you had everything else, a great defense, weapons up the wazoo, and you just needed to shore up the interior of the offensive line, okay, go ahead. Take that guard that you think is the best. Go nuts. Not on this team. They have too many needs. That is a reach. The Patriots have won big with players drafted much later. Some guys not even drafted at all. So I do not agree with taking a guard i'm fine with cole strange good player think he's going to be i think he has the potential to be an all pro center in this league but i'm not taking him there and to reiterate too you believe this might have been a pick to help benefit matt patricia who will be running the offensive line yeah i mean you know connect the connect the dots i mean we think that matt patricia is going to be the offensive line run game coordinator what have you for this team and uh bill wants to set up a transition to Patricia. It keeps all his people in place, uh, front office, coaching staff, personnel, what have you. If if Bill walks away and just and gets the crafts to say, yes, we want Matt Patricia, we want continuity, what better way to do that than to set up Matt Patricia to have as much as much success as possible as quickly as possible? No, no, that that's great. <laughs> no, that, that is just, no, no, that that's great. I mean, really, that they are now using their first-round picks. It's not bad enough that Bill has to make his decisions all based on who gets the jobs on his staff and whose kids he's taking care of. But now he's going to use his first-round picks to make sure that his hand-picked successor, if that's what this is, can have a favorable outcome in year one. Not about the team. We don't care if the team's good. We just got to make sure the O-line's okay. Make sure the O-line's okay and Patricia looks good. So that's the goal. No, it doesn't exactly make you feel better about the whole thing. I promise a few calls for Greg on the way out. Ryan in Rochester. Go ahead, Ryan. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. So, Greg, uh, in 3-up-3-down, three three you had mentioned that you would wish that they had let Jawan Bentley walk and they take Devin Lloyd at 21. Yep. It even there. Um, I don't know how you've seen much. Uh, he's all breaking up. Florida. Ryan, say it again one more time. Oh, sorry. My, my bad. Um, I don't know if you've done seen much of Jermaine Johnson from Florida. Okay, I, I okay. he's breaking up. Jermaine yeah, he, Johnson over Devin Lloyd. Yeah, so yeah, Jermaine Johnson went to, ended up going twenty sixth to the Jets. I did not do a lot of work on Jermaine Johnson. I thought he was going in the top ten, top fifteen. So I, I but from what I understand, 
He's not really a fit for the Patriots on the edge. He's an edge player, but he's more of a run up the field, pin your ears back, go after the quarterback guy, and they will never, ever take a guy like that. Certainly not in the first round. Tom, how'd you feel about the Red Sox the last couple of days? Uh, it's absolutely brutal, guys. You know, and listen, last night, I officially think, like, they were playing like garbage up till last night, but I, I really think that last night broke them, all right? Because it's pretty special to get to extras and lose by five, all right? So... In the past nine innings by the bullpen, they've given up 15 earned runs. And I didn't have the displeasure of seeing the game today because I was at work. I heard Murray's update, so I opened up the box. Trevor's story's trash, okay? And if he's getting booed this early in the season, I agree with Murray 100%. This is going to be a Kyle Crawford situation all over again. He is not going to work here, and they are stuck with him. Scary sign. After all that goodwill from last year, and it's, what are we... Are we a month into the year? Barely. No, the season started on April 7th, so barely, not even. And your prize for agent acquisitions getting booed off the field? Yep. That's kind of scary. Yep. For, uh, again, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm not trying, I don't know how many times I have to say it. From the second he stepped into the batter's box on opening day, you could look at it and say, this guy's going to have troubles with, ball, with balls away from right-handed pitching if he doesn't alter his approach. He went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts today. Against righties, he's hitting a buck 96 or whatever I said with 23 strikeouts and 13 hits. So someone's going to say, well, he had a productive day the other day against lefties. He can hit lefties. He's a platoon guy. So now you're paying $23 million a year for a platoon guy, and this is the guy that you're going to leverage Xander Bogarts out of town with? Holy smokes. Wow. Okay. Final hour. We'll get back to the Bruins. Continue with the Red Sox thoughts. Final word here from Greg. Give us something to look for between now and training camp or some of these mini camps. Like, I mean, it's the only thing we have left to really drop is the schedule. You know, the, we know One the week opponents. from today. One week from today, we have the schedule. Whoa. Oh, schedule day. Oh, schedule day. Lots. <laughs> Where fans get to pick wins and losses. Anything roster? Are there any shoes to drop on the roster or is this it? Well, I would be on the lookout for something at wide receiver. I mean, because right now, taking trading up to take a guy like Tyquan Thornton in the second round <clears throat> means that you think he's going to – he needs to contribute this year. Who's he going to do that over? So, you it, right now, there's no room for him. So, to me, it smells like somebody's out the door. Nelson Aguilar is the is – the, the number one name, if you look at everybody, what they've done, their contracts, stuff like that. Parker's obviously not going anywhere. Kendrick Bourne isn't going anywhere. Jacoby Myers isn't going anywhere. Uh, so I think that's the next shoe to drop. But we get the Patriots. We get to see them on the field. I think the next time is May 26th. We get to watch practice. And uh, and then I think the Friday after that, June 3rd, then we have the seven-day minicamp, June 7th, 8th, and 9th, the mandatory camp and you know that's i'm excited finally we're through all the nonsense and all the talking and we actually get to see the guys on the field now we're not going to make sweeping judgments or anything like that but we will yes we will <laughs> but you can uh you can get a feel that's you know i remember the rookie minicamp when sony michelle out was out there and i just came back and i said you know he's i, I don't get the feeling that he's special in any way <laughs> a first round running back in the first round am i going to be saying that about taekwon Th thornton or cole strange we'll see I love making those snap judgments.
based on one preseason game or one rep in shorts. A, from, awesome. Oh, I love it. It's yeah. that's the, my favorite thing. I told you. I all I look for is the first impact of the season <laughs> in baseball. I just told you that a second ago. Like seriously, you can tell a lot though sometimes in a small sample. Oh yeah, I can't. Now, I can't wait. Till, aside. I can't till, wait till Maz and and uh, and Big Jim are pouring over stats from passing stats from those. camp with Bailey Zappi yeah. and saying Mac Jones is about to get no, benched. No. He's getting lapped. Greg, I can't wait for your one-on-one breakdowns of Barmore versus Cole Strange. And win or lose, we will overreact, and it'll be a great day. Oh, can't so wait. So good. You mean Frank Zappi so is good. what you mean. Frank or Dweezil. Greg, thanks for coming in. Good to see you again, <laughs> bud. You, Greg. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, see big you guys. boy. I'm sure we'll, maybe we'll check in with you during some of these camps if there's some newsworthy stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, I promise, an hour to go. Back to the Bruins stuff as well. I know you've been waiting patiently on that. We'll get back to you after Murray's 90-second update. No commercials.